Welcome to Not Another Superhero Movie Podcast. I'm Tom, this is Nick. Today, welcome to our third installment. We're talking about Shazam, our second DC movie. Shazam, with an exclamation point. Yeah, Shazam! That's in the title. I, I forgot, I, you need to say it like that. You need to be screaming it. As, yes, uh, as Billy as Batson would. As they do in the movie. So, Nick, quick thoughts. Yeah. What do you think about Shazam? I really enjoyed this movie, and I didn't go into it knowing what to expect. Because, um, obviously, you know, DC is a lot more mixed, and this was obviously pitched as a comedy from the start and I, th- I thought they really hit that pretty well I think Shazam was definitely among the better DC movies I mean again I'm not as into DC it's the best DC movie I've seen so far other than you know getting back to the Nolan Batmans pretty much since then uh, I think, think it beats Aquaman I do, I do think it beats Aquaman okay. I think it's a much tighter story that's true it's it might be executed. less uh, we, it's less weird than Aquaman yeah but in terms of the comedy I think the comedy is executed brilliantly it, it actually has a lot of elements of again we compare you know a good DC movie is a Marvel movie it does yeah. you know the, the wit and the banter I think would be at place in a Marvel movie and I really do like I really do like the comedy aspects of it. It's really fun. It's a fun movie. Yeah, it is a fun movie. Um, I think the big cast helps with that too. I yeah, they can play off a lot more things than if it's like three people in a room all the time. Everyone has like a little bit of thing that they're about, and sometimes that come when you have few characters that each have one thing, mm-hmm. it almost comes off as they're stereotyping. Like for instance, the guy uh, Freddie, he yeah. is he's disabled in some way and he loves superheroes and that's his thing and if the movie had like 20% more Freddy that might drive me crazy yeah but because he's only one of seven kids then the two parents are characters the villain's a character you have a big enough cast I'm not right. I'm not sick of any one yet yes yeah yeah you, you get to jump around and the main and the main um, Billy's a good point for everybody too he, he's like he gets, sometimes he delivers lines sometimes he's like the straight man in the comedy Thing. Yeah, I actually thought the the uh, the acting in this movie, considering how many kids are in it, was actually really good. Yeah. Considering you know, there's seven main kids that are in the movie, some of them have more to do than others. But I thought Freddie was generally really good. Yeah, Freddie's a good one. I thought young Billy, again, playing almost like as a 14-year-old straight man, was, which is not easy, but yeah. actually was really good at it. Uh, and then obviously Zachary Levi, I thought was great. Love him from Chuck. But yes, there was a lot, a lot of fun in this movie. So yeah. let's let's jump yeah. right into it. Yeah. So uh, we'll I think we'll do a quick uh, you know recap of, of the movie. Um, a lot of what we both felt was that there was a lot of like familiar elements to other superhero movies, like like Tom was saying, you know, a Marvel style kind of crisp plot. I, and I think we in Aquaman in our Aquaman review we criticized Aquaman almost saying if you've seen other movies uh, Aquaman borrows a lot from other movies I don't think this is borrowing scene for scene like Aquaman did mm-hmm. I think this more just borrows tropes from yeah. other superhero movies right. which again makes it super familiar to watch but it, it almost that almost highlights the good aspects of the movie because that's what because everything is kind of you know where it's going. You know how the movie's going to end. But the parts that are good make it really good. Yeah. So it starts off like attention grabbing right away with um, what we learn later is the super villain intro. And it's, it's the villain origin. Nineteen seventy four. I think you know we're, we're looking at it like is this movie going to be a period piece movie? No. Um, but nineteen seventy four, this kid gets pulled in to see the the wizard. Um, and you have this introduction to this lair and 
and the demons, which are a big part of the movie. And then he's presented with the test of, is he worthy for the, for the powers of Shazam? And he fails it. Yeah, basically all this test is, is uh, the, the wizard Shazam is the last wizard. In 1974, he's already feeling weak, so he's looking for his champion. He brings in uh, apparently people from all over the world, and he summons this kid. Again, it's unclear what his criteria is. I think we're going to delve into that a little bit later when he chooses Billy. Yeah. Uh, but he chooses the uh, Thad, the, who ends up being the villain. And basically what he what he says is, I'm going to give you this power. I need someone pure of heart. You need to defeat the evil. And then as he pretty much once he says that, these statues, which represent the seven deadly sins come to life and start red eyes and whispering and pretty much say hey kid you want real power the wizard sucks join yeah. us you know the right. dark side is cool right. pretty much and then if you get if the kid is tempted enough to go and reach for the dark side that's the, that's the test yeah the wizard zaps him says you're not worthy of anything and then snap he goes back to what was his reality of him and his dad and his brother in the car and the dad and brother are like total assholes and like make fun of him all the time for right complaining and then they then they get into a car accident not clear what happens with the accident but the dad is hurt maybe dead yeah and then you later find out the dad's paralyzed but uh yeah and but they and they take it out on on he's clearly on this, blamed, he's clearly blamed on that um but then we jump right into present day and we meet billy badson who's Shazam's alter ego. And we we immediately see him as like the witty run from the law type kid. Yeah, great, great great establishing scene where he where he locks the cops in the in the uh, in the pawn shop by calling it a false report. And basically he does this. You kinda think he's like, oh, he's gonna steal the cop car. Yeah. But he only does it so he can look up. He's looking for his mom. Uh, there's a funny scene where he steals their sandwich, they highlight in. Uh, again it's, everything is like Especially when Billy's a kid, in the first half of the movie, everything is pretty funny. Yeah. And I think I looked over to you, because I had never seen the movie until right before the recording of this podcast. I looked over to Nick, and I was like, oh, this movie's pretty funny. Yeah. I, I was kind of, I, I heard it was light, and I heard it was good, but I thought it was more like the Aquaman lightness, where you kind of, you have a good time, but it's not laugh out loud funny. Right. But this was laugh out loud funny. Yeah. The, the one, the, there's so many innuendos in this movie that are just amazing, like, little jokes and half of them are delivered by billy it's awesome yeah and, um, and half of them are by freddie it's either yeah, one of the two right i mean the, the, the one where freddie walks out of the strip club with glitter all over his face i think that's one <laughs> of the that's a classic moment yeah uh but anyway so back to the plot right right so, so we meet we, billy we meet and, billy he's looking for his mom he's he's an orphan uh, so he's going into the database to try to find her he gets another name goes to the house and then the woman answers the door you know, it's not you know, it, it's not his mom. They joke about that. Right. It's an African American woman who comes to the door, and this is not Spider-Man: Homecoming, so no cross-race families. Right. Uh, at this moment, so basically, um, Billy, are you sure it's not Spider-Man: Homecoming? Well, it's not as good as Spider-Man: Homecoming. Okay. <laughs> so it's not Spider-Man: Homecoming. Yeah. Uh, but it's close. It is close. It, it, it that's the Marvel equivalent of this movie. Right. But um, so it's not so it's not his mom, and then the cops catch up to him he meets a counselor and then he's put with another foster family we've learned he's been through like 50 of these before yeah i think they said he's he's run he's the ultimate 23 foster families in 20 different counties or something crazy yeah around philadelphia pittsburgh right 
So he's been all over uh, Pennsylvania, and essentially he gets put with this super family, these uh, these guys, and I love their banter, the two, the couple. Right, right. Again, so, so they're they're like former foster kids themselves who now like raise foster kids. Right, and, and they, they have, have this, a million of them. This family of six foster kids. Billy makes seven. Yeah, seven's a magic number in this movie. Right, seven is very important in this movie. Numbers are important. Right, so, so basically what we have here is Billy comes in, he meets Freddy, he meets the kids. Every kid has a thing. You got Darla, who's the sweet sister. Youngest kid. Young, like youngest kid. Yeah, b- the baby of the family. You have Mary, who's the college type A, needs to get into college. Really funny scene with her on the phone yeah. talking to admissions about being a foster kid. Pedro trying to get swole, yes. uh, quiet. <laughs> you have Eugene, the computer guy, video right. game player, Freddy, superhero. So everyone gets their own thing. The family is a, they're almost like so sweet, it's sickening, but they do it with enough, they cut it with enough humor that it's not. And it's, again, the movie moves around so much that you're not, you don't get sick of any one particular thing, even if you're like, it's a little bit eye rolly at some times. Right. But we don't, you don't spend enough time there to there's, really... There's only, like, ten minutes of family screen time if you compile it all together. Then, Probably. Then it's, like, one-offs or a couple of the kids talking. So it's, it's not too other. much of the of one thing. Um, so we meet everybody. Um, we meet Freddy, who's, like, the the joke king in this movie. Right, he's the um, comic he's great. generally. And, and we also learn that, like, everybody knows about Batman and Superman. Like, they're known superheroes because he's got memorabilia from them. And he doesn't doesn't hit it off with with Billy right away. Billy doesn't really want to be here, um, and so the, not, they don't really connect until next day at school when uh, the bullies roll up. Can we talk? Can we talk about these bullies for a second? This this drives this drives me crazy. These bullies are like ho- hopped up on something. So basically, <laughs> Freddie Freddie's outside. Uh, they're all outside. The family's outside. Walking they're, with crutches to school there's probably a thousand witnesses out because they're all waiting outside school the bullies drive up in a truck yeah and hit freddie with their truck right enough to make a dent on the truck and then no one says anything then they go out of the truck and they start beating up freddie more they're kicking kicking him him on the ground which is just unbelievable how how do they you know you have these caring foster parents it's a it's a bewildering. I, I don't know. Like what? Yeah, that's a good point. They're, are they good foster parents when their their kid gets physically assaulted? So like, that's the thing. They clearly like care, criminal but, level assaulted. But you know, this isn't a kid getting like he gets a wedgie later. It's not a wedgie. Yeah. This is not right. That, that's that's legitimate. You know, one kicking someone when they're down is, is that's the that's a step up because they're defenseless at that right. point. Two, you hit someone with your car on purpose, and they're not. And, and just like based on like. These kid, these bullies, which we don't see too much of, they're not like the I was in juvie bullies. They're like the rich kid bullies that probably have no record whatsoever. They're almost like it's, it's not like, like they're not afraid of the. They're cops. like the new, they're the new Flash Thompson and Spider Man rather than the old one. They're not supposed right. to be real thugs. Right. They're because they're picking on this kid who only because he's he's disabled. They get beat. The sh- Billy beats the shit out of him. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Using his walker. Uh, using Freddy's walker, which right. is the next scene. 
Right, but yeah, they're they're disturbing. I don't know. The 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 bullying is also very serious in the DC and Marvel universe. That's <laughs> just as much as I, real I, life. I mean, I feel like you know I, the the anti-bullying. You know what is it? Whatever parents association was like just throws fat stacks and movie producers being like, okay, don't portray bullying realistically where it's like you know names and really is hurtful. Here, like they brush off everything right. and and I mean, just make them like. Actual criminals. Make them obvious. Make yeah. them supervillains in terms of, you know, that they're willing to... They don't care about loss of life or casualties right. or whatever. It's crazy. They're just trying to kill them. That's the... that's Yeah. So now... So, so the bullies do that, but surprise, uh, Billy sticks up for the new foster family. Knocks, you know, knocks them with the crutches, like you said. Well, here's the thing about Billy standing up for them. Billy doesn't... St- Billy decides at first when Freddie's getting picked on... Not to stand up for yes. him, deliberately puts his hood on, walks in the other direction. He only turns around when the bully specifically says, "Oh, what is your mommy going to come? You don't even have a mom." That triggers Billy. See, that's what really is interesting about the wizard's process. Billy's not doing this because it's the right thing to do. He's doing it because of his own past, because he wants yeah. essentially he wants revenge. Well, well, the wizard gave up on his uh, criteria because he was so desperate. Exactly, which is. He used to. He let's, used, talk, let's talk about the wizard's criteria. He used to test people about the evil orb, and then by the time we got to Billy, he just told Billy that he had to become Shazam. So in 1974, a- after the first scene of the movie, uh, when Shazam, the, the original wizard, uh, tests Thad, the villain of the movie, and f- and he fails, Shazam is frustrated. Says, "I'm weak. You know, go spirit. He uses some some of his magic power. Right. Uh, go find me someone that can actually." is worthy and I don't give a shit how long it takes. Yeah. So that's all we get about their criteria. We don't know how this spirit chooses. Mm-hmm. Uh, Why didn't that spirit choose Bruce Wayne? I mean, he was probably like... Well, maybe he's... He was probably eight years old at that time. Well, maybe he's, he's dark. like a 50-year-old man now. Or Superman. Or Superman. I mean, or Wonder Woman. Yeah. Or any of the Athenian... Like, why Why not? Does yeah. it have to be a human? What... <laughs> Why not she? Like, there's no one other than. Are you thinking of Crypto, the super dog? Yeah. Why? why yeah. Exactly. Why? Why can't it be a uh, you know a magic dog that runs around and yeah. shoots lightning? Because it doesn't fit. You know the act. They'd have to right. come up with you know dogs throughout history to make the acronym of Shazam. But so anyway, he basically. So when Mark Strong comes in, he plays the villain of the movie. Uh, he comes in. He finally, after again, just another thing. This this movie is really good. But yada yada's over so much stuff. Right. The wizard's process. How Mark Mark Strong is apparently cast out by his family, ridiculed. Yeah, he has enough funds to hire like 50 scientists right. full time and so, fund this project. So catching up on the kid from the flashback, where now we now see Mark Strong is an adult and he's he's been trying to find his way back to the wizard's uh, lair. Right, because apparently he's been really scarred by this wizard saying, you'll never be good enough. So he's like, does the classic villain thing where, oh, you're saying I'm not going to be good enough? Well, you're right, and I'm going to prove it by being literally the worst person in the world. Yeah. And making a deal with the actual devil right. in order to, to get more the power. incarnation of evil. Yeah. Exactly. So anyway, he eventually does find his way back somehow. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's kind of unclear how he does it. He's tracked down over 50 people. He's gotten testimonials. Perseverance, that's a virtue. And eventually, with just untold amount of money, really, yeah. in this facility. And he's, he clearly comes from a rich family, but the family hates him. 
So so here here's the thing. He he. I guess he was using his allowance. He blames the family so much, but one, the family obviously clearly paid for him to become some sort of doctor. Unclear what his doctor is in. It doesn't seem yeah. like a medical doctor. Right. Uh, but and they've also they've had to have funded his thing because it's not like he doesn't make any money himself. He's not a business person. They look at him. He walks into the boardroom and they're like, "What the fuck are you doing here?" <laughs> yeah. You know. So it, it's not. He they must be like you know what here's five hundred million dollars go go find your go find yeah, your wizard and just, he's like just, just I like wanted a billion you only gave me five hundred million how dare you right like it's a it's ridiculous the villain motive in this they, and they just bypass it because he's evil right and here's the thing with the wizard choice. but his dad was mean his dad was and and he was played by Lex Luthor's dad from Smallville so, so his dad was a dick so you know he was bad but but how could the wizard choice be so wrong. Not only did they just choose someone who wasn't worthy, they chose literally the villain of the movie because he's so bad. He's such a bad person and where he has the capability of being such a bad person. The whole point of the wizard test and the reason why there's this test is to choose someone who won't be corrupted by the power, essentially. Right, right. You and, want, yes. And they've chose someone who, without even getting the power, becomes corrupted. Just knowing the power exists corrupts him how what kind of sparks are you shooting out shazam you're the worst wizard i've ever seen first of all you sit there for 40 years you come up with 50 people in 40 years that's that random people hey man it's called zip recruiter it's called linkedin just hire some more people are you kidding me 50 that's ridiculous (laughs) this wizard sucks he did no research the wizard's horrible (laughs) so anyway so that's a plot hole. Yeah, that, well, it's a, it's really frustrating because again, really funny movie, but when you start to think about it, it's kind of makes eh, not yeah. the most sense. Yeah, I guess I guess if and and, and you know Billy gets the power. To be, yeah, we're not right. So we're now we're, up we're to the point where yeah, Billy's getting the power. We're introduced. So Billy to is running away from the bullies. He runs away into the subway. He's on the subway with other people, and then all, all of a sudden. We see the same kind they of get, symbols. They get and well, the people get Thanos first. Yes, they actually they get, fade to dust. They, get, they fade to dust, hopefully temporarily. And I don't know, he's a pretty bad wizard. <laughs> yeah, he's a bad wizard. And then we see like the the signal lights and everything start to turn into the symbols. So okay, we know the wizard stuff is going on. Yep. And then the train stops on a new uh, station that's also helpfully on the subway map. And well, I, I think again talking about the humor in this movie because. Because I think we, there's a lot of plot holes and a lot of plot uh, problems in this movie. So I think we're going to try to point out the humor whenever we can find it. Mm-hmm. There's a great scene where the doors open up to this, like, magical ice kingdom. And Billy looks at it. Then, like, looks at the subway sign. Like, where the hell am I? Yeah. And then looks back before finally walking out. Which, again, is like a little bit understated humor in this movie, which is, again, super funny. So he goes he goes to the uh, he goes to Shazam. Right. Shazam's like... Billy Batson, you will be my champion. You're my champion because you cold, you sucker punched a bully, ran away, and then came, and then I sent, came, I brought you here. That's good enough now. I know I had the super exacting standards over the years, but basically because Mark Strong came in and unleashed the demons, I'm super desperate and I'm about to die. Right, and this kid is funny. So he, he's a funny kid and it'll probably be a successful movie. Shazam is a pretty considerate when it comes to the movie making yeah. he's like oh this is a funny he's got a ragtag group of family you right. know uh so any so he, he so chooses so billy he chooses him and then B- billy goes in 
and original and again, oh my god, this movie, DC, <laughs> just like just like Aquaman, where when Aquaman is talking to Julie Andrews, that why do you deserve the power? I don't want it. The Jon Snow. Billy Batson, because apparently all you need to do in any movie ever in the DC universe to get extremely power is just be like, I don't want it. And that's what he does. He says, I don't want it. And then he's like, you have it's to. yours. <laughs> Take it. Take the power of the gods. Which, by the way, so it's Wisdom of Solomon, yes. Strength of Hercules, right. Stamina of Atlas, uh, uh, yeah, Son of uh, Atlas, Speed of Mercury, Powers of Zeus, Speed of Mercury, and the Courage of Achilles. Yes. So those are those right. are the six letters that make it up. So it's all it's all and again whether we want to say Hercules or Heracles, but it's all Greco-Roman stuff other than the wisdom of Solomon, Solomon yeah. which is could they not think of an S uh, one for? I, I mean, whenever these guys were writing it in the sixties <laughs> or seventies yeah, or eighties, about what, when it was originally back when it was yeah. called Captain Marvel. Yeah. Somehow there's that was more than thing. one Greek god with an S. Again, it was yeah. weird. Or or use one of the A's and have the wisdom of Athena. That could have... Right. You know, there are plenty of, you know, f- strong, brave people with S's. Yeah, so, I mean, this is this is just us, you know, kind of bothered by the inconsistency of the classical uh, nomenclature. Yeah, but, especially because also the seven deadly sins are, you know, a, a Christian... That's a, a Christian, Christian Judeo-Christian element. Christian yeah. element. And, so they're going to be battled by a Greco-Roman... You know, entity again, right. wizard, non-discriminatory. Uh, so he gets the powers, and before he actually gets the powers, he says, "Here's the thing. These are the he. He has an exposition dump because it's again, he's not a good wizard, but he's a considerate wizard. He, he gives the audience a little he taste wants of information. Yeah, yeah, what's going to happen if we unleash the seven deadly sins? Humans will turn on each other, and." Apparently, widespread chaos, millions of people will die, everything will suck. Yeah, I want to know, like, it was, like, aren't these things out there now? Like, there's bad people now. I mean, they're... I, they're I, just going to be worse? Honestly, when they went, when they chose the first scene to, and we'll, when, uh, you know what, let's just get to it. Let's get to yeah. the, board, the boardroom yeah. scene. Yeah, we got a lot uh, of questions, but, um, so he, he is told to get the power, and so he says the name Shazam. And he has, and now has the power of Shazam. He's a superhero. He shoots lightning, runs fast. There's a very fun montage with him and Freddy figuring like a, out like a training, figuring it out montage. Training slash figuring out, which is you know you need it in a superhero origin movie. It's there because it's, it's, it's a trope that yeah. this movie loves its tropes, and that's there. And it's good. So so now we get now we get introduced to the full power of the evil Mark Strong, um, with all the seven deadly sin demons at his disposal. So he's going to Daddy's company, which apparently funded all this research, but he's he but there mad. wasn't enough. He's, he's still mad. mad. Yep, he wants more. And so he goes he goes there, he gets you know, he just kind of normal human barges into the into the meeting where he then walks up to his dad. We see that his dad is in a wheelchair. For, we we re- realize that he's alive, we didn't know that. And the brother now an adult is like right next to the dad. And the both of them are like, why are you here? You're the misfit son. You're always talking about this magic and nonsense. And literally Mark Strong, after that car accident he got into in 1974, so 45 years ago, he must have wrote down everything any character said in that scene. Because I think he says them all back to the characters. He relives it every night or something. He he said every line back to his dad and his brother in this scene. And the first superhero, the first that you see that he has superpowers is he picks his brother up 
and he throws him out the yeah, window. Yeah, he 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 gives his yeah the, another comedy where he gives his brother the magic eight ball that he used to have, and he's like, tell it what you want. Are you mad enough to like, fight, fight me? me? And he doesn't do anything, so he throws the brother out, and then he says, outlook not so good, <laughs> which is amazing, so corny, oh so God. great. It's nice when a villain can joke. Uh, so here so here's kind of my problem with the boardroom scene. I actually thought they were going to use. And I'm not like in necessarily in favor uh, or love ham-fisted metaphors yeah. throughout these kind of things. But I, I think a boardroom, especially there's so many. It's so easy to portray all seven sins like a within pos- a within a boardroom, like a possession thing or something. Well, just that they are that they still exist. Yeah. So because like obviously it's a cor- corporate America. You have greed. Yeah. You have envy. People fighting right. for positions. Just throw a guy and a girl in there or two guys. Who cares? Yeah. You have lust. Yeah. You have all these thi- all these parts. You know, gluttony, whatever they have. They could show how lavish they're living while in comparison to a yeah. homeless person. Whatever you want to do, you can show all seven sins in this boardroom. That makes it almost like a, a movie could have gone deeper because, you know, Shazam talk. The wizard talks about how terrible it'd be if he's got out. We never see them actually as what they represent. They're right. just kind of monsters. Unlike everyone, un- unlike the kids. And those other things where you get introduced to like one unique element, well, yeah, all the monsters are, from our purposes, kind of like interchangeable. They really only have a couple defining characteristics. One, uh, Billy makes fun of Envy, and he kind of yeah. uses Envy against Envy, which was a, a great part in the movie. But I, I think the boardroom scene could have, could have established maybe these monsters they feed off the these negative human traits that already exist. Yeah, but. And, yeah. Yeah, it, but but anyway, they don't do that. Essentially, what happens is the monsters just decide to attack everyone. Uh, very br- brutally, gory yeah, scene. They just go- like tear them to shreds and throw them out the window. Bite people's heads off. It's, it's like oh crap. But, yeah. Uh, so now we're introduced. That's the that's the villain establishing shot again. Is all good origin movies have right. concurrently with the hero gaining his powers. You have to show the villain gaining his powers. So now they both have their powers and uh it seems like mark strong's a lot further along yeah but we forget him we forget about him for a while because we got some more training montage to do and and then we have kind of the introduce the introduction of the the like uh second act crisis uh, you know third act crisis of billy doesn't feel like he belongs like him and freddie became close because of figuring out his superpowers but now um, Freddy's a little bit jealous that yeah. he doesn't have the powers, and but yet uh, he's almost Billy is almost taking advantage of his powers, not in a power corrupting in an evil way, but almost just like what you would do as a 14 year old if you gain powers. You would yeah. kind of just show off, and you he would shows off. be a little bit of a dick, but not on purpose because not a bad guy. He's just he's kind of becoming a little bit insufferable. And yeah. they're, it's like one of the, it's a good, he's less than his potential because neither side is right. Like they're both kind of being jerks, Freddie and Billy. But anyway, here's this crisis where now they're, they're fighting against each other and, uh, it right. really, and, and so they, they kind of split up for a bit and, and, and you get that friction. And then what happens to change it is Mark Strong comes back, right? They need to unite. They realize how petty their squabbles were in the face of a true supervillain. Right. Again, it's a trope. Right. So here we have. This the first fight between Mark Strong and Shazam. Shazam's not really taking it seriously. He thinks he's invulnerable. Yeah, the first the first bit of it, he thinks like he's gonna be fine, and then he gets sucker punched and he gets thrown like 
city blocks away. His nose, his he gets hit in the face. His nose yeah. bleeds. Then he starts to freak out. Then the fear comes in, and then he's gonna start to try to run away from this guy, which is not a very superhero thing to do. So here's the thing that's really I find really interesting. Mark Strong says to Shazam. Uh, Mortal weapons don't do anything against us. Yes. Only ma- ma- only magic yeah. can beat magic. Yes. So, because obviously whenever we have, whenever it's part of a universe in Marvel, we have to deal with this a lot. We talked about this a lot in Spider-Man. But whenever you have a universe and you have a, especially a superhero like Superman, who's mm-hmm. famous, who they reference multiple times and is pretty powerful, why don't they call him? Are they trying to say that, could Superman help in this? Is he, can he beat up, because... Might he beat up Mark Strong? My theory is that I, I think two two elements. I think like in the Marvel universe, mm-hmm. we're gonna if we if we get more Shazam interaction, we're gonna get the whole magic is actually science kind of okay theory. I don't know how else you do it because otherwise then they have no powers against them. He's um, almost too strong against yeah. He's almost the like how do you like who has it? I mean there is some like DC and. Uh, there, there's some DC characters that are magic based, so maybe it can be that like, you can't find somebody if they disappear through magic or those kinds of things. But I think, I think Superman probably has an effect. The reason I think he didn't show up is it wasn't, it wasn't a world-ending kind of threat. Yeah, that the it world, was just the world knew. It Billy was, knew. But... It was just two super power strong guys fighting each other in Philadelphia for like 20 minutes. Oh, yeah, and that's true. And also a difference between uh, this movie and uh, the Marvel movies is there's no S.H.I.E.L.D. There's no Avengers. Right. There's, nobody the, knows the, Clark Kent is Superman. Honestly, even the Justice League is not what it... You know, the Justice League doesn't have their station in the sky at No, this there's point. no tower. There's right. no... They're just, they kind of came together as a one-off. To fight a, to fight one threat, they don't right. stay together. Right. So again, there's not there's no structure in place for Billy to call up. I think again, maybe the movie could have used Billy calling calling the cops, being like, "I need Superman." The yeah. cops being, "That's true." What? I guess. How, how can we get Superman? I guess we don't know who he is. Yeah, the, we don't know the, where he is. The whole premise is that Mark Strong is trying to get Shazam's powers, and so if all Shazam needed to do is get Superman's protection, that probably could have happened. But. But I don't think he would have known to go there versus anywhere else right away. I think it'll be really interesting how they... Because it's almost a Doctor Strange problem. Because when you watch Doctor Strange, the movie, how does that guy not beat up everyone else? Because with the mirror dimensions and everything... And you see it a little bit in his fight with Thanos in the in Infinity War. Spoilers for next week. That you can kind of, if you have enough power, you can break the magic, but it's very hard. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if maybe this is similar, where pretty much no mortal weapon can hurt them, but maybe if you're someone as strong as Superman, then you actually can. You yeah, can then break you can. the magic. Clearly, Batman and and his equipment is not gonna do, not gonna do it. No, but I I hope they do keep just in terms of making things interesting. I hope they do have a difference between because right now the way it looks for Matt, even though he got his powers via magic. Shazam is essentially just like Superman with lightning, yeah. pretty much. So hopefully, when they actually come into contact in the next Avengers, in the next uh, Justice League movie, they actually have a difference of how their powers interact. Mm-hmm. Again, hopefully, yeah. it's maybe putting too much faith in DC. Ways to do it, but fingers crossed. So yeah, this first battle um, goes horribly for Shazam. He he gets his ass kicked. He He's has destroyed. to he has to turn back into a kid so that he can hide, but. Um, Mark Strong gets a hold of uh, Freddy, 
And from there, he pretty quickly figures out Billy's identity and the foster home and all of that. And uh, right before he does, kind of concurrently as he does, Billy comes home. He gets yelled at by his parents, uh, his foster parents, um, for skipping class. Basically, for as a consequence of all of this whole training montage, for skipping class, for yeah, he, getting into fights. They for, then realize that he's never been around. Yeah, right. they finally decide to foster parent, even though they get... They portray, again, the movie portrays them as good foster parents, but also one of their sons kind of bad. was abused at school and the other <laughs> physically <laughs> beaten up, and the other one has not been there for. But months. they they have a lot of love in this house. Yeah, it's all it's, it's all not about a the home love. until you call it a home. Right. Yeah. Um. So so after that, then the kids come, and I forget the name of the kid who's who's more science heavy, but Eugene. Eugene. Yeah, Eugene comes in and he's like, "Well, we found your mom," and so. He kind of he thinks about it for a second. He internalizes it, and then he just disappears. Like he bolts, he bolts. He said, "You know what? I'm going to two subway. Conveniently, it's two subway stops away. Right. I'm going to. Like, oh, this is going to be sad. I'm going to go stop in his. And again, there are a lot of bad people in this movie. Billy's mom might be one of the She's worst. She's probably worse. Yeah. I mean, is she worse than the wizard? Unclear. But <laughs> this is a sad moment. This She's is real. this is this this is the emotional low in the movie. Yeah. It's when Billy knocks on the door. He finally finds his mom after it's one of the it's also one of those things. I didn't feel the emotional weight that I probably should have. One because the stuff with the mom was happening concurrently with all the jokes. Mm-hmm. So it, when people criticize Marvel, they criticize, well, how do you feel anything when, you know, people are, are you know, snapping back yeah. and forth at each other? Right. Too much banter. Too much banter. I think that that's kind of gone away more, like, with Endgame, because Endgame actually did take a serious tone, and Infinity War also towards the end. But here, we definitely had that problem, like, of some earlier Marvel movies, like, definitely Age of Ultron has that problem. Because uh, here, they just... You feel like we weren't primed for I that wasn't primed moment. for it. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not emotionally invested in Billy's quest because, you know, he's looking for his mom, but it's al- it was almost like a fun side quest he was on because, you know, he's having he's having a good he's having a good time when he's doing it. He's locking the door on yeah. the cops. When he's he became a superhero, he lunch. did forget about this. He didn't use that to he find his He didn't use his powers or his super speed his to find his mom. Yeah. Which, again, makes it almost, now that he has his mom, a little bit out of left field. But anyway, his mom is horrible. Yeah, his mom it just kind of like spaces out about who he is or who he might be. Then is like, wow, um, well, I did see that you were picked up by the cops when you were a kid. And so I felt like they could handle you better than me. And, and I was... So it's like this, you know, like teen mom sad moment, but it's also like pretty sad for Billy, of course. Yeah, it also seems to give a little bit of benefit of the doubt to his mom. It seems she's... It definitely, they imply she's in an abusive relationship currently. Right. So it seems like that hasn't changed, but she also like clearly has no interest in his life now. No, not either. not even like a you know look me up, let's meet up later or anything like that. She's just yeah. kind of like peace. She's like this is a bad time for me. Is is one of the things she says. And and, and Billy kind of just says to himself, as evidenced by the movie, that. This was this thing he's been searching for that he forgot for half the movie. But anyway, this thing that he's been searching for theoretically his whole life. The reason why he's ran from 23 foster homes. And it turns out that he built it up in his head that it wasn't exactly what he wanted. So now he's kind of, rather than, again, he doesn't want, the thing he wanted didn't want him. But the thing that he didn't want, which is his foster family, 
actually wants him. Is that like a story that happens a lot in movies? I think it's. I think you see it almost more in love stories. Yeah. So, the classic the classic love story like Talladega like Tal- like, Tal- like, Tal- like, Nights. Yes. Uh, you know. Right. Ricky Bobby wants his wife. His wife doesn't want him. Yeah. He realizes that Amy Adams, his assistant, wants was him, there, and that's who he was wants. Was there him. all along. Exactly. Yeah. Just like his foster family. Right. So. See tropes. So while yeah, while it's a classic trope, it. it it moves the plot along. It's it's not it, you know it's not a bad moment to, to lead us into Act Three when Billy realizes that he wants to go home and he doesn't know any oh he wants to go home and then he gets the phone call from Thad who is who's calling from from Freddie's phone and he's like come home now so we know that everyone's in trouble and he and he does this epic superhero moment run off the roof of the building and shout shazam and fly better than he has before so this is this is the again it's a superhero trope this is the game mastery over your powers for no reason we saw it last week with spider-man learning his figuring out his spider mm-hmm. sense thor ragnarok's really famous for it for uh thor for the lightning with the lightning what are you the god of thunder yeah. that, that whole scene um it, it's a it's a trope and it's a good trope generally i would what movies usually do a little bit better than this one, I think, is you usually show a scene of the hero almost getting it. Mm-hmm. He almost has full mastery and it's gone. Like like Peter Parker almost gets his spider sense but can't. Thor has the scene where he fights Hulk where he is tapped into the lightning power very briefly and then it comes back at the end. This movie doesn't really give you that taste so when all of a sudden he has full mastery and he catches... Mark Strong's punch a little bit later on, it comes a little bit out of nowhere. And I don't, I don't think they chose. Maybe, maybe there isn't one, but I don't think they chose what Shazam's signature superpower is. Oh yeah, that's his thing. He has all the power. He, he has, has all all, all Shazam powers. Right. So maybe, maybe like in this movie, the one that they chose was for him to learn his flight more than anything else, because he picked up everything else right away. Right, he, he shoots lightning easily. He does everything else easily. But you but, could argue that his power is lightning too, because I mean that's a symbol and everything else. Yeah, and he clearly uses it, but maybe not to his great to great effect. Yeah. So it was we saw that moment. It wasn't built up as much as as we usually see. But then he's off and he um, goes to the house and he sees that uh, Mark Strong has all the kids captured. We, we see him meet the demons, really, for the first time. He hasn't really met the demons before. No, they come out of Mark Strong. They're holding the kids. Uh, they go back They go back and forth between the... I think I don't think there's much in this scene where they go back to the Shazam world. Right. Uh, they pretty much go right there. It pretty much sets up just the final fight at the, carna- the carnival at the end. And then Billy's realization that his whole purpose of being Shazam is not just to be a superhero, but to refound the Council of Wizards. Right, which there was language for it that the, that the wizard said, but we didn't pick up on it necessarily until we see this circle kind of coming back. And the language was that he's opening his heart. Yes. So again, Billy... Right. To after, the power of the Council of the Wizards, yeah. So Billy, once again, once he deals with his mom, once he is finished with that, he's able to open his heart to his family... And it turns out that there are seven wizards on the council, seven foster kids. Boom. Boom. Everyone gets their everyone gets powers. Right. Which is interesting. I wonder how they're going to deal with it in the future because now almost you have. It seems like they're all less powerful than Shazam. 
Yeah, but they, they all have they, some sort of his powers. They have some element of all of his powers, presumably, but they they're all they highlight certain ones. So so one of them is super speed. Um, another one is more about the strength. So maybe they're coming back to those Greek god. Right. One of them clearly things. shoots lightning. It seems like Freddy is wisdom because he knows about superheroes. Right. Uh, I guess they don't. I. I think the reason they don't show Mary fight as a superhero at pretty much at all in the entire movie is because she probably has one of those dumb ones like Courage of Achilles or whatever. Right. It's like, how do you show that? <laughs> so let's just yeah. not focus on it. She's just willing to be there. Exactly. So that's her courage. Yeah. So they, so they very quickly go um, to the last scene. The last battle scene is actually at a fair. Presumably it kind of it parallels the fair that Billy got lost at. Uh, early on in the movie, so it's, it's like it's coming full circle, mm-hmm. um, and the yeah, Mark Strong and the demons are are basically using everyone as hostages, and um, just causing terror in the in the in the fair, and that leads to this epic battle between Shazam and his foster family against the demons. So the climactic battle at the end, right? All seven Shazams. Uh, for lack of a better word, the foster kids fighting against all seven of the deadly sins. Uh, Mark, they chose Envy to represent Mark Strong, and that was the one he was closest with. What are your thoughts? Um, I, that's the only thing we see. I don't know who he's en- He's not envious of like any person, particularly throughout the movie. M- maybe the brother or the dad. Maybe Shazam a little bit when he's like, "Why are you worthy when right, I wasn't?" Right. He's yeah. He's envious of Shazam. That's a good point. So. That fits, and and I don't know where Billy Batson as you know found all of this like psychoanalysis. Well, this analysis. is this is the only time he's ever displayed the wisdom of Solomon. Yeah, because he's kind of been not dumb, but he's clearly been a kid through the movie, and you don't really see that him tap into his superpowers. I was also trying to think of like how many fourteen-year-old kids know what the seven deadly sins are and like can name all of them. Well, again, I think I, th- I actually think that's part of. His, I'm not even joking. I think that's part of the superpower. Yeah. That he has this. He has taps into this wisdom. It has to. Because be. they don't show him being super devout or Catholic I, or anything. I feel like he never. Yeah, I don't think that ever came up in normal conversation. I would never have been able to. I I remember I was at trivia. I, I was able to name six. I couldn't get the seven. Yeah, I mean, so, I I know them because of the movie Seven. So. Sure. Unless you saw that movie. <laughs> Maybe yeah, <laughs> be a little young for it. I guess when yeah. it came out. But, uh, so anyway. They're fighting. He finally confronts Mark Strong one-on-one. And basically, like you said, he taunts the envy into coming out of Mark Strong because they figure out, the kids figure out the way to beat him is to get all the demons out mm-hmm. of the actual human. Out of Professor and then he's a Yes, and then he's a normal human that is pretty just, there's, not, there's nothing going on with him. Right, and when when he, the vessel, is is destroyed, then these demons... Are uh, in trouble as well. They then can be locked. Once the eye, the their that the eye ties them to the mortal world. It seems, mm-hmm. and once that's removed, then the demons as well. At least they can't take physical form anymore. Right. So, surprise, surprise! In this origin movie, they actually don't have enough. Uh, they don't have enough balls to have the villain win in the end. So, they believe it or not, Shazam wins. Actually, yeah. he's actually able to pluck the eye out from Mark Strong. The demons go. I, I thought I missed something when I was watching it. I was like, because Envy kind of they show they zoom in on Envy and his face is fading away. Coming but out to attack. Yeah, 
Yeah, but it never comes, and then the Statue of Envy is there at the end. Yes. So, obviously that didn't go anywhere. I thought they were... You, you were right in that it wasn't... I thought they were kind of, oh, maybe Envy One actually is... still out there. Yeah. yeah, but they decided against that. At least, that's what it seems right now. Um... And then the movie, then the movie's pretty much over. Right, and then you know they get the superhero, the Superman. They're all going to be superheroes, and and what are we going to do? And then there's a nice moment at the end where Freddy gets his his cool day in school. Not only does Shazam come out to see him, um, but we get below the chin. We see we get Henry Cavillus Superman. Right. Uh, no face. No. They decide not to CGI the mustache this time. They just said, you know what? No head necessary. I uh, see him from the waist, from the neck down. It does it does raise an interesting point about this. So here's what I I gather. I think it gives credence to your theory that the reason Superman doesn't show up to this big threat, these two superhero powered people fighting, is just because he might not it might not be on his radar that's that important. Right. But I could definitely see Superman when he actually hears about it, he goes to investigate because it's pretty important. Then he finds Shazam and they action and that's how they Shazam. Being a 14-year-old kid would immediately think, hey, can you come to my school? Exactly. That's, hey, like, definitely something he would do. It would, and it's a great karmic moment for when the bullies make fun of him, saying, what, Superman going to bring dessert? And he, right. com- he, comes, he comes also. Uh, so then that's pretty much... The, then you have a, a caterpillar monster in the end credit scene. Right. So you picked up on this. I did not. Um, the end credit scene is Thad in, in prison being his best crazy self writing symbols on the wall he can't remember the seven symbols it actually reminds me of agents of shield when uh after after you get in agents of shield after you get infected it's not infected but saved you become half an alien and you have this remnant that you're that you draw these symbols over and over again it happens to colson it happens to uh, Chloe Bennett. Uh-huh. It happens to and random, you know, one-off characters eventually are driven driven mad by it. Uh, it seems like Mark Strong is definitely in it because. But here's the thing, it's seven symbols. It's repeated seven times. Repeated yeah. seven, but repeated seven times. So once you figure out the, how does he not remember? He must have lost memory. He must not even be who he was before. That's the only way. That's the only thing I could think of. Yeah. It's, it, something must have been taken from him in this. Right. Because he's trying to get back to it. Because otherwise it wouldn't be that hard. If you devote your whole life, it seemed that he also he knew what the symbols were and he knew the order of the symbols. He just didn't know that they had to be repeated seven times until until he figured out. Yeah, in the in until, the first part of the movie. Yeah, until that right. first part. Um. So yeah, that was an interesting one. This caterpillar monster, magic or alien, was creepy. What yeah, what you had picked up on is that we so, see something like this right, in, in the, the wizard's lair. In the opening scene, as they're panning through the wizard's lair, you see this caterpillar in a glass cage and he's just chilling, he's not doing anything. It's a very quick shot as they're going and zooming in and you know, you're you're thinking about more interesting stuff. There's his throne room, there's a statue of the demons. And then when Billy goes there for the first time, they do the same pan. This is after the after the seven deadly sins have broken free. And the glass cage is broken, and there's no caterpillar in there anymore. Yeah. So they actually, I, again, I don't know. I'm not really into the Shazam comic or anything. I don't know if this is an actual character. He's the creepiest character I've ever come across. But it's very strange. Um, I do like how, it, just as a side point in this movie, because the caterpillar does bring it up, because the way he talks sounds weird. They didn't actually. They decide, They were. It's like the people who animated this movie were like, 
and we got a lot we got in a lot of trouble with Justice League for our bad CGI. How do you th- how are we gonna try to make the face move the faces on the demons look hmm. when uh, when they when, when they speak? And it's like they won't. Easy. They don't they don't move their right. face. They use telepathy. They, they telepathy Easy. speak. And, and you know what? That's a way to go. It's, it's the, better the, than the getting mon- the criticism. The, mon- the monsters are horrible though. They're big gray monsters. Not only the big gray monsters, which they definitely are, the CGI is really bad. It's almost like DC didn't have enough faith in this movie that it was actually this good. To, to do all the work for it. Yeah, the monsters will probably be significantly more developed if they have some comparable ones. I think because this movie did really well, I think it's going to get a bigger budget next time. I think we'll see... Because, like, again, if you compare, if you have the actual humor from this movie with the spectacle of Aquaman... Could have been something really special. That's true. They didn't. They they didn't really spare the budget for Aquaman, but I don't know what made them think they had a lot more faith in that movie. Maybe just. I think it, it needed it. Yeah. Because without one, you couldn't do anything without it. Target literally, you know, overseas. But I'm. Yeah, and Jason Jason Momoa is a little bit more of a known property than Zach Levi. Yeah. Even though I think Zach Levi is amazing. He, yeah. In this. He's got uh, he's got good range and he's he's always been good for comedy. Right, which is how again this movie is a movie is a comedy. Right, it's not really even an action movie until probably it has a, it has a two hour over like a two hour ten minute runtime, which is crazy, but for that, for comedy and that, how many of it is actually action? That probably leads us to half hour. What what I think I think we agreed and uh, was our least favorite element of it. Right, Nick, let's get yeah. into it. So they didn't. There's like a battle and a half in this movie, so we suffer a little bit from from it being an origins movie and it being an origins movie for one plus like five other characters. Right, and, and I kind of brought I brought this up before about how I think they, the scene could have benefited from him half mastering his powers because you go from him basically not doing anything to having maybe not full control because I think we'll develop the the wisdom and other parts of it later. But having pretty much at least fully realized in this movie control, and and it just jumps. So if we could see, and the only the closest thing we get is him catching the bus and realizing. Right. But basically he goes, he gets beat up by Mark Strong. Nothing, cha- his emotional state changes, but nothing in terms of his actual powers. And there's no, there's no mid uh, movie fight scene or learning scene or anything like that. And there's not enough time develop beforehand about his powers because just he's learning what the he's learning what he has not even how to develop them other than the the bullshit about believe that you can fly and then he magically flies right you want an you want an intermediate challenge i want an intermediate challenge challenge. right like like if you're going to take one of his elements in hercules and you think about like the old you know disney hercules movie he had like three villains Mm -hmm. and the hydra was like the second villain and that it almost beat him but he dug deep and he figured out. He used his wits and he got there. You want somebody? You want his like Hydra level villain? I actually I would be fine with it, honestly, because I think the bus scene almost gets there. The one where he catches the bus. I think if that scene took place in between his two fights with the villain, it would make a better movie in terms mm-hmm. of a superhero arc. Because basically, if you just had him, he discovering his powers, he thinks he's cool, he gets the shit kicked out of him by Mark Strong. He realizes he doesn't actually know how to use his powers. He learns. He catches the bus. Maybe you have him fly. Yeah. That would... And then he, yeah. he's able to fight Mark Strong. It, that would be an arc. It could it's, also it could also give an inter- interesting element. Like, maybe he's 
laying low from using his powers at all because he's worried about it. But then, you know, this incident comes along. Yeah. And it's either he lets, you know, people suffer or die or he has to he has to accept that he's Shazam. Right. It seemed, the movie also, it seemed, even though it's a long movie, the timeline of the in-universe is pretty rushed. Because it's unclear how long it takes over, maybe, but maybe like a week? Yeah, it's, it's very quick. It's very quick. And I think if they... The movie actually could use a time jump, so bear with me. The he gets into this. He doesn't use the bus scene originally. He fight. He's he's kind of still. He's his asshole. Him and Freddie are fighting. Mark Strong comes because he sees him on YouTube or something. Right. That oh, this guy has the Shazam power. This this is the champion. The, and if you cat if he fights him here, because after the bus, he he does it. That's a heroic moment. He saves people. That's when Mark Strong comes and says, "You're the champion." But you just—he did just save people. If he confronts him when he's doing his, "Oh, I'm just—I'm a great guy. I'm—I'm yeah, I'm cool. I'm fighting." And then I fight with Freddie because Freddie call me, calls me selfish. If that's when he comes and says, "You're the champion," that thematically makes more sense. Right. His humility is going to be that much greater because of where he was when that battle happened. Exactly. So then, if he gets—if he gets his ass kicked in that battle, he turns into Billy Batson. He lays low. Then you could then you could pretty much go in. Then you needed this time jump where one he gets a strong relationship with the Foster family because that's rushed. Right. And I get I get where they're coming from that you know they have nobody other than each other and and they're you know their foster parents and that's why they're so tight. But I think if you develop that maybe not over it doesn't I'm not saying it has to be years past but over a slight amount of time while Mark Strong is look he's not willing. He's not willing to expose himself either because he still want he hasn't gotten the champion's powers. Yeah, and, and and the time more time with the Foster family, we we understand what the movie's going for and we get it. It's it's all about having the audience care. Like the audience hasn't right. bought into caring yet. I think I think right now the movie, the stage of the movie's at is we know, but we don't feel. So we know why they have a bond, but we don't feel the bond. Yeah. Because it, it may be a little bit between Freddie and Billy, but even that, which is the, mo- the relationship we spend the most amount of time on, it's not that much. We don't get that much of it. So I think if we had a little bit more time, and even, you know, again, a, a movie loves tropes, so let's keep a trope in. We'll throw in a montage of the guy get, of the super, the superhero defeating the little bad guys. Not only just defeating the little bad guys, but also just being a better person. Yeah. He he. Uh, it's one of those things where, like a the Spider-Man montage, where he's being a friendly neighborhood Spider-Man and Homecoming. I think it's the same thing where he's he's mastering his powers by doing good things on a small scale. He doesn't put them on YouTube anymore because he's hiding from Mark Strong. He doesn't want the fame. He goes into he's in hiding, but he's still helping people. And I think that would actually then lead better. And again, we don't have to see the. Because you would just want to tease it, you don't want the full reveal. We don't have to see him master his powers, but you get a hint that maybe. And like I think that what you said was brilliant. Where if you put the bus scene in, he has something where there's it's in public. There's a lot of people. He right. has to choose between getting exposed or helping people, right. and then he chooses to help people. Right. And in doing so, shows that he's actually worthy of being Shazam. But yeah, but just but you know these are just ideas. That's not what we got. We That's not what we got. Because they, the movie was more, and and the last part, because I think the comedy is the so great. The movie was eighty percent there. This, this is take, this, or, or you say it, yeah. Yeah, I think I think it's it, it makes, you know, I, I just talk about sports a lot. Bill Simmons is a sports writer. He has this thing with, with basketball players, where he's like they're ninety ten players. 
So essentially, like, use it with Russell Westbrook, 90% of what they give you is amazing, and yeah. 10% is really bad, but because but you have to live with the 10% in order to get the 90%. Right, so I think this, this movie's a 90-10 player. The 90%, the comedy, the wit, the banter is amazing. The 10%, which is the story right. and the plot holes, that's something you got to live with because the movie's so focused on that. That's true. Yeah, you you can accept them, but, but they are there. But, yeah. yeah. I mean, good things we liked, definitely the comedy. Um, it's going to be interesting to have this whole, like, six superhero character team go because I think they'll all be part of future movies. Um, we know Black Adam is coming yeah. up. Yeah, The Rock will be, be Black Adam. I don't really know. I'm not super familiar with this character. Right. I think he is like an alter. He's like an, he's like the, the bizarro version of Shazam. I'm pretty so sure. he's a villain? He's like an alternate villain, yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay, that'll be, um, that'll be good. So I, I think, yeah, I think Shazam is going to be a, a good one. We'll see how, he, see how he jives with the Justice League. I don't know if he's going to be a full-time Justice League member. I think it's almost it's one of those things that definitely you can use his inexperience as part of the as almost because he's super powerful he does seem like the second most powerful person in the Justice League other than Superman and does mm-hmm. actually seem uniquely capable of handling certain threats that maybe not even Superman could because of his affiliation magic. with magic so I think the thing that's going to hold him back is that he's a 14 year old kid. And, but I'm not sure how much we're going to get in it, when it's the Justice League. Can you really have seven people from a solo movie come into the Justice League? Because then it's like, the Justice League is essentially the Shazam There's already going to be six. And then people. like five other people. So it's, it's going to be majority Shazam versus, which I don't know, again, I don't know if it'll work. I'm, I'm not sure. They'll have to figure out a way to have the other kids be doing something else. It's almost like if in the Avengers, Tony brings in the house party protocol. <laughs> and it's like, okay, Avengers assemble. And it's, 40 Iron Man suits, right. the Hulk, Black Widow, and Thor, and then, yeah. like, the rest of them are Iron Man, which is, again, I don't know, it's... I, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of Iron Man already in the movies. There, there are <laughs> enough, you don't need... It's just the right amount. It would be a little bit of overkill, I think, if you, if all seven were in, but I'm really excited to see them in a future Shazam movie. Right. It's a, it's a dyna- That's a dynamic we haven't seen before. I don't think there's any other movies where the individual movie still has a team element to it. Yeah. It's kind of cool. And, but I, I do want... They almost seem a little bit overpowered because they're able to defeat this. What's see again? Maybe this caterpillar is they set up for the next villain. But at least Shazam was all about the seven deadly sins. He's like, this is what you have to face. And whenever you have a movie where you you face the greatest threat on day one, that's why Thanos isn't in the first Avengers movie. You know why he's not the main villain? You got to build up to him. So I guess they're gonna end. You know, that's Black Adam and the rest, but. I don't know. I'm a little bit worried that they're almost going to be. They fought. The stakes were too. I think the stakes were a little too high in this movie That's in terms point. of going going down in the future. Villain, I think all his villains are magic, though. Mm-hmm. I think it. I think it's hard to give him an individual villain that that is he's like super, a normal Earth level kind of villain. Well, maybe you can have a powerful villain, but maybe not a villain who's super evil. Yeah. You know. Again, or. Or, you know, so he's going to have to be handicapped somehow next time around. He's going to have some power he can't use or some somebody is, you know... Or maybe he doesn't have ac- access to his family. Right. You know, the other the other group. Because uh, right now, I think when all seven of them are together, it seems they're a little unbeatable uh, based on this movie. Right. They really it's don't like sh- Superman plus half Superman. They don't really struggle that much after, after the, the switch... You know the switch flips. Right, right. In this they're, movie, just, they're learning their powers 
during the last battle and they did okay. So <laughs> now that they know what they're doing. Yeah. So it does make it seem like a little. Well, it's a little interesting how it's going to go in the future. Yeah. But anyway, so favorite comedy bits because I think we're trying to we're talking about a lot of plot holes because it's more interesting discussion than actual comedy. But the, yeah. The comedic elements of this movie are they're I think they're the best part. So I don't know some of my favorites. I already mentioned the scene where uh, Shazam is he can they said just focus on any place or this is a uh, Billy Batson as Shazam focus on any place right. you want to go and he yeah. goes back to the strip club he was at earlier in the right. movie and uh, as the kids are walking out of the strip club Mary is holding Darlo's eyes saying what yeah. <laughs> that whole thing and then I mean the wizard the wizard t- tells him in order to get the Shazam powers he has to hold his staff <laughs> and, and Billy's That's like ooh scene. gross <laughs> just like oh my what? god uh, there's a scene from the, which is from the trailer, but was in the movie, but I thought it was delivered great when when uh, Freddie says, "I'm a disabled foster kid." Yeah, I have it all. I have it all. It's yeah. all going well for me. So that's that's a great line. Uh, there's a lot of little things. I, I do actually appreciate the the, the that that's um, what's his name? He's trying to get swole. Oh, Pe- Pedro's trying to get swole. Pedro's trying to get swole. Delivered by a four-year-old girl. <laughs> this line. The wait, the waits are on the poster, yeah. and she gives the get swole line, and then she like goes to lift, give the poster to Billy, and it rips off, and she hands him a corner of the page. <laughs> there you go. It's so. it's the movie is really funny. Yeah. It's it's honestly it's laugh out loud funny. It's it's one of the funnier movies I've seen in a while actually. It's not even superhero movies, just all movies. Yeah. Uh, new ones that came out. I think it is almost. Uh, Thor Ragnarok, Guardians of the Galaxy level of a funny movie. Yeah, it has that it has that wittiness to it, which which is awesome. So and definitely well well taken in the DC universe. So here's the thing: DC has this reputation, a Snyderverse, all this stuff. We've seen two so far, both pretty fun movies. Yes, one one brighter than the next. Like this was even more witty than Aquaman. So, so I think they learned. I, I think DC has learned that this is this is a workable format for them. This is going to serve them well. Yeah, I'm really excited about this new this new universe because the uh, Wonder Woman is su- a super versatile character, and obviously Wonder Woman 1984 based on things you yes. hear and Gal Gadot. It seems she's like it seems like it's going to be kind of a cool like a cool aesthetically pleasing movie. Right. In terms of the colors and probably will have some humor also, but. Uh, that seems good. These new movies, Flash is a very funny character if done right. Mm-hmm. Uh, they I should bring think... the writers from this movie and and give them the keys to Flash. I yeah, I don't fine. think the Flash character was done right in Justice League. I I'm not saying he's horrible, but I don't. The banter he came off more as weird than quirky, yeah. which I think is the, the well, line you want to tell. That was the mistake of introducing him for that movie rather than give, than letting him run. You they know? made him be they, he had to be run, extreme to stand out. You yeah, know, no pun intended. <laughs> or pun very intended. Uh, yeah, so that's kind of where we're at. So Nick, Nick, we've done three movies so far: Spider-Man: Far From Home, right. Aquaman, Aquaman, Shazam. Yeah. Rank them. Um, I think Spider-Man: Far From Home. Then uh, Shazam and then Aquaman. I have the same ranking, and but it's actually it's a lot closer than I thought it would be. It, I I'm actually su- really surprised that Shazam is pushing Spider-Man for me because I thought this movie was so funny that even though I had a lot of problems yeah. with the structure of it, it's almost like I say that I vent out of love with this movie because it's so because I would watch this movie again because it's, it's that good. I'd go back to it. It's really funny. Yeah, I I, I think. 
Spider-Man is only edging out for me because I know the character so much more, and I felt like this was, that was a good interpretation of him. Right, if we get to Shazam but, 3, maybe by that point. But yeah, another Shazam movie, it's definitely a competitive race. And and Aquaman is pretty close, too. It's just some of... Some, you know, Aquaman has so many problems. He, Aquaman has the worst villain of the three, so that's why I'm giving him a hard time. But, yeah, and the, even but, though this villain, there's nothing real special about this villain. Either. No, yeah, he's an archetype kind of villain. It's a Because it's, it's a superhero origin story... Where it's not about the villain, it's about it had the anti Aquaman problem where Aquaman tries to make the villain almost they go half measures about the villains and but at least two at least them. none of the none of the plot holes are related to the villain in this movie at least all the plot holes are about like why is Shazam have his powers but it's the about villain, the wizard being a bad wizard yeah, yeah. but the villain <laughs> the villain you get why he's like that a, a little bit. I think you do. I think you get the car scene is good because he's kind of getting yelled at, and you know they're basically saying, "Hey, quit being a baby, you right. eight-year-old child," which is yeah, pretty unfair to this kid. And I guess he's also rich enough to be the CEO of this company, but he didn't have a driver. You know, he's just driving himself and his yeah, he's and his a self, self-made to grandma's for Christmas, self-made trillionaire. So yeah, <laughs> classic uh, Thomas Wayne archetype. Right. So yeah, I mean. I think I think that says More it for, for Shazam. I think next week we're going to do an Avengers two-parter. So right. we'll have we'll start with Avengers Infinity War, and then we'll go to Avengers Endgame, which, as of the recording of this podcast, is now the number one highest-grossing movie of, of all, all time. time. Uh, we contributed to that. Nick, I think, has seen it twice. I've seen it three times. Right, and we've talked it up a ton. And we've talked about it. Us. Uh, I think I think we wanted we definitely wanted to treat the two of them together because they were they were written together they they were fil- filmed, filmed together pretty much together they I'm and really now, and now that we had t- the chance to see Spider-Man uh, Far From Home which really that's really like the epilogue for Endgame in a lot of ways again we, we again, can kind of the, the sort we can, of we can the see the the whole the whole element right really so I'm really excited to talk about that and until then we'll catch you next time all right.